Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. the money pit today yeah um, i'm excited for the money pit i love this movie I, spe- I love i'm loving doing this one because i watch a lot of home renovation shows with mm. mommy mm-hmm. i watch fixer upper i watch love it or list it mm-hmm. i watch um house hunters renovation i watch house hunters mm-hmm. i watch a lot of house hunting and renovation shows mm-hmm. I can't we also watched that. the organizing shows. We oh, watched yeah. a bunch of them in Recondo. We yeah. did a whole Kamari in our house. Like it was a, it's been a big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? I don't know. Because it was so much work. Maybe. And Maybe. then we're all looking back at it, and the ants are still there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. Like, all that work, we got a lot of stuff done, but the still stupid ants are still there. But this is supposed to be about watching movies, not yeah. about some stupid Well, but that's, I mean, that is like, well, wait till you see the movie, because there's, there's lots of issues. But, like, we are having an ant problem in our house. It is a crisis. It's a lot of... And we of don't the... even have food back in our bedrooms, and all the ants are whoa, in whoa, there. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have food back in our bedrooms, because I don't ever put food in my bedroom, unlike somebody that I know who will constantly sneak food to her bedroom. Mm. <laughs> which is fine. I just want you to throw it away when you're done. I do. Um, but no, we got like carpenter ants, which they don't go after food. And we've got those black sugar ants, which they do go after food, but there's no food. To do. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with the weather change, but it's something in our area. We are overrun by ants maybe right because, now. Um, maybe because we always keep our house warm enough so it's not like super hot and then yeah. a lot of ants like that. So maybe they're trying to turn our house into an ant burrow. Dude, your mom and I were watching TV last night. Uh, we were watching Santa Clarita Diet, uh, which, whatever, it doesn't matter. But while we were watching it, a uh, carpenter ant crawled across the screen. <laughs> and I thought it was part of the movie. And then I was like, oh, no, that's just an ant in our house. Wow, boy, this is getting out of control. Maybe we have too many ants in our house. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Yesterday, um, while we were asleep, while we were going to bed last night, uh-huh. uh, a carpenter ant walked across the top of my ceiling upside Ooh. down. Yeah. It was like, and it started at the corner closest to the corner closest to the bed with like the starlight thing that shined into the metal of my ceiling and it walked into a diagonal all the way to the other corner of the room where my closet is which is like why would it do that like (laughs) it's not like there's like flies up there to eat and carpenter ants don't even eat flies yeah that's see this is the thing about the ants in the house the ants the sugar ants and the carpenter ants don't bother me because they don't bite they're just a, a bit annoying and they they go away after a while whatever it is that causes them to swarm into our house i don't know but they go away but the problem is 
that what's going to happen is our spider population is going to explode because food source is so high right now. Oh, yeah. And I'm not and looking forward to that. we just got rid of all the spiders. Right. I hate spiders. I am not a fan well, of spiders. Well, they're not that bad because they do take care of all the naughty stuff. Like spiders in cornfields, a lot of a lot of farmers go to stores, uh-huh. go to animal stores and buy spiders so that they'll like, and ladybugs and stuff, so that and then they put them in their field uh-huh. because spiders and ladybugs don't eat the plants; they eat the animals that are try to eat that do try to eat the plants. It's so like spiders would eat the ants that try to take the corn, and they would also and scarecrows would sort of like scare off the crows. Which... So that's interesting that you say that. Actually, you know, your mom and I were at the um, the last weekend film festival at the Alamo Draft House in Winchester, Virginia, which is a lot of fun. Uh, if you don't know what it is, Google it; it's great. Um, but do while that, we were like twice a year, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a twice a year film festival. It lasts uh, three and a half days. This last year, there were forty six films that you could choose from, and if you were the sickest of sick individuals, you could watch twenty six movies in three and a half days. Uh, I did not make twenty six movies this year. Your mom and I did about twelve. But my point is, one of the movies that we watched, um, and it, it might have been the opening night um, documentary film, was called The Biggest Little Farm. Mm-hmm. And it was about people who would use um, nature to combat problems that they were running into. So, like, when they would have um, a snail problem of the snails eating their apple orchard trees, they would find something that would eat snails and introduce that into their farm. I don't think spiders eat snails. I forget what they did. They had, like, um, um, ducks. The ducks Ducks. eat the snails. So they would put the ducks in there, and then the (laughs) ducks would poop, and it would make the soil better. Um, and they would eat the snails and the ducks, they wouldn't then have to feed their ducks on their farm because the ducks were eating the snails. So yeah. it was win, win, win. Anyways, we're way off topic. What is the money pit about? I'm going to click over to our, excuse me, IMDB. And this time we're going to try out the storyline feature. Because their actual summary is literally talking. Yeah, why don't you just go ahead and read the, the, the sentence that IMDB has put to the money pit. This is like terrible. <laughs> a young couple struggles to repair a hopelessly dip- dilapidated? dilapidated house. Dilapidated means like run down or broken. And yeah. And that like, doesn't really tell you anything. That doesn't tell you anything. Now, the storyline is fine. It's not like what we normally read, but it at least tells what the story is. All right, go ahead and read the storyline. Fe- Walter Fielding and Anna Crowley and Anna Crowley have to start looking for a new house, but there's not much they can afford. Oh, been there. This soon changes when they meet a lonely old con artist who sells them a beautiful mansion at a rid- at a ridiculously low price. Only there's a catch. The second they move into the house, it falls apart. Starting with the stairway collapsing to the bath, collapsing to the bathtub, following falling through the floor to eventually the chimney falling into the house. Finally, they have to renovate the house before the frame collapses. But the renovations also prove to be a disaster. I mean, that's a description of a movie. Uh, events definitely unfold, and they have to do with home renovation. Uh, so, what? Do you, so, are you are you excited to watch the movie? 
Yeah, but honestly, if you find, because I remember in the trailer it said like, well, this guy said that this house was like $500 and this house looks so nice. Right. Like, I can't imagine why it would be $500. Mm-hmm. They walk in and they're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> honestly, for a house that bad, I would want to pay like $20 oh, for what? a house that bad. Like $500 doesn't even seem fit for a house that like... How much should a house really, cost? Mm, a normal house like yeah. that isn't doesn't have to be renovated at all. It's like, it's like super perfect unless you wanted to do like fixer-upper uh-huh. or something. Then um, probably like around like... Um, Maybe from fifty thousand to like, I don't know, um, one hundred, one hundred, one hundred, one hundred thousand dollars probably, hmm. and then for the worst house like that house, mm-hmm. I'd pay like I would say that should be like five dollars, because so, like this house should be like wrecked with a wrecking ball and rebuilt. So, like, home prices have a lot to do with the area that you live in based on how many people are there. Not in our neighborhood, but just in this general area of Northern Virginia. I bet your average house price, as far as we are from D.C., is about $400,000. And the closer you get, the more, like, a home like our size will go from, you know, three hundred to four hundred to five hundred to six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars or $800,000, depending on where it's located at in relation to like a major city or something like that, where there's high demand for property. But, you know, further out to the Midwest, a house this size may only go for one hundred and twenty thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollars $150,000. It just depends on where you are in the world. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, in, you- that, in that case, I would say th- in that case, I would say $50 for that house. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say, or should we go watch the movie? Um, I want to watch the movie. All right. But I just want to tell everyone, I just want to tell everyone that we have a good bonus episode coming up That's for true. April. That's true. We have we a do. really good one. <laughs> yeah. Claire's excited about it. All right. But it's a secret, so we can't yes. tell anybody. We can't tell anybody until it's the week before we do that bonus episode. Right. So, like normal, I'm going to end this podcast out and then start it up again uh, in the um, post. So, see you guys later. We'll be back for we'll be back for the post after we watch The Money Pit. See yeah. ya. Bye. See ya. Little problem in the kitchen. Nothing trivial. Well, the turkey's done. So is the kitchen. Actually, it's a little overdone for my taste. Let's not go there again. You don't want to tell me what happened? No, I don't. I just want to relax in a nice, lukewarm bath. What about this? I don't think that can hurt us anymore.
just finished watching the money pit. Um, so I have not used my one bill or bill yet in this segment. So I'm gonna use it now. Okay. So, um, what you prefer to be called, Billy or Bill? Uh, if I had to choose, my friends call me Billy. I guess my coworkers call me Bill. Your mom calls me Billy, and I very strongly prefer that you call me Dad or Daddy. But I'm saying, like, when I use my one Bill or Billy, what should I use it? Oh, I think you should use Bill, because that's in the podcast title, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Bill, so, um, what did you (laughs) think of the movie? I, uh, love The Money Pit. Uh, especially, you know, it's, I guess, sort of an open secret at this point. But, you know, we are thinking about moving, uh, from where we are. And we've gone into the process of, like, searching out, uh, good value homes in, uh, different places. Um, ones like that one yeah and i mean that's the nightmare like that bad (laughs) right that's the nightmare scenario you find a deal too good to be true and then you take it anyways and and then you're like oh this is why (laughs) yeah this is why it was so cheap because it's horrible and it's a nightmare and you're locked into it and there are no good answers it's terrifying i love this movie what did you think about it I thought it was pretty awesome, but I think the Money Pit house is better than the house that he used stolen money from the band to buy. The dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, too. Although, I would like a waterfront house in Rio de Janeiro. Sounds pretty nice. I think Grammy's house is better because the water's in in the back and you wouldn't have to, like, like sail. Mm. And, look, there's, like, no, like, driveway. Right. And you wouldn't have to, like, park your boat in front of your house. I see. Okay. Um, what else did you think about the movie? Mm, I don't understand how the how the owner can, like, can, like, be fine with it, going up the stairs and down the stairs and everywhere, mm-hmm. and so can the two other guys, um, mm-hmm. the mom, the, the husband, Tom the Hanks and, um... Shelley Long. Yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks and Shelley Long. Long? Long. Yeah. So she's a con artist. Um, yeah, so she's a con artist. Which What's means, a con artist? Yeah, which means she tricks people uh, into thinking that a deal that they're getting is very good when it's not. Um, so like... Oh, now I get it. Con means not, so not artist. <laughs> yeah, it, actually, I don't know what con is. I think con is its own word. Um I just want to search that now. You know we can't just ask Alexa. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what the rules are about having Alexa record onto a podcast. Uh, So con, to con. uh, Persuade, you're shushing Alexa, not me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okay. Uh, Con is to persuade someone to do or believe something typically by use of deception. And the synonyms for that are swindle, defraud, cheat, trick, fleece, dupe, deceive, rook, that's my favorite. I love Rook. Uh, exploit, squeeze, milk, bleed. God, those are great synonyms. So a con is just a trick. Like they have a million dollar house milk. and um, right, like you'd milk a cow. Oh, right. So um, a con a cow. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's it goes in a different direction there. So the trick for this particular house is that she says that she's selling it for cheap because she has to get out of the country. But she doesn't actually have to get out of the country. She's selling it for cheap because the house is a piece of garbage. Everything in it is broken. So when they got to the house, and a good example of this is when they got to the house, right, and she's taking them on the tour, and they're upstairs, and he says, hey, can I use your bathroom? She says, oh, actually, 
could you use the one downstairs because this one has all my personal stuff in it. But I bet it didn't have any of her personal stuff in it. She just didn't want them to go in that bathroom and see where none of the plumbing worked. Maybe the water only worked in that bathroom downstairs. Or when they're going upstairs originally, she lights the candle and they're like, wait, why are you lighting candles to go upstairs? And she says, oh, well, I'm trying to save money so that I can pay these blood-sucking lawyers. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I guess I believe that. But in reality, she's using the candles. Because, because... the lighting doesn't work. Exactly. So that's how she's tricking them and conning them into buying this house. None of the stuff actually works for her when she's living there. It's all an illusion that she creates that the house does work. And she doesn't give them enough time to look at it in order to find out for their own that they're being um, tricked. Does that make sense? Yeah. But then how come... But then what did she say when they were going up the stairs? Because she was like, something's... Because he was like, what's the matter with the stairs? Because they're like creaking really bad. And Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, something, 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 something. Oh, yeah. I think she just says that they're old and that one stair is particularly creaky. Because that's what she... She calls attention to it and she says oh, there's a trick stair. That one needs to be fixed, but it'll be fine or something like that, right? It's really the whole staircase that is going to yeah. fall. Which, so so that's a that's a good, maybe a good a good segue is like, what did you think of all of the slapstick comedy and the physical comedy in the movie? Did you enjoy that? Yeah. What was your favorite one? Wait, what's a slapstick comedy? So I'm what I'm talking about is like the comedy where like Tom Hanks does like physical comedy like he falls downstairs or gets oh, his fingers stepped my on. My favorite, my favorite was the one where he where he gets stuck in the carpet and he's and he's like, nobody laughs at Sherman whatever. I'm tearing up your permits. <laughs> But, you know, I love when he sinks into the carpet. It's my favorite because to me, that's like Tom Hanks' character in a nutshell. Like he's got his arms all up in his chest and he's looking at his wallet and he realizes he's sinking and he takes no action to prevent himself from getting stuck. He's like, wait, what's going on? I'm sinking very slowly. And then he gets his chest pinned with his arms in it. Whereas if he had just gone, oh, no, and shut his arms out to the side, he would have been fine. He and he would have been, been able to go there. Yeah. Exactly. He would have been able to get out or pull himself out or let himself fall through instead of having these little baby T-Rex arms. (laughs) I got a giant head and little arms. (laughs) Uh, What else was good? Did you enjoy? Um, The part where the stairs fall and and he's like, please help. And then she's like, does this help? It's like, you're stepping on my fingers. It's literally like the only thing keeping him up there. And then she steps back and he's like, <laughs> I like when he lands on the stairs and then he puts his leg like he's kind of reclining, but he's actually laying on a bunch of broken stairs. How much must that have hurt? I don't know. <laughs> but that was like, do you, were you awake the other night when the doorbell in our house broke? Did you, were you up there for that? When the, the, the whole upstairs smelled like burning rubber. Do you remember that? Yeah. And we didn't know what it was? Like. It smelled terrible and I was like. It, 
so our our doorbell um, was broken and uh, and it has been broken for a long time. And the time. fuse broke or something, well, which made yeah. the smell. So our the like the 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 ding dong part of like well no the ding the button at the front door that's not the ding dong part the ding dong <laughs> part is the the thing that makes the ding dong sound the wire. that's totally wrong the wire yeah no the button at the door has been missing for a long time and so the wire has been sticking out of the front of our house and then uh, a lot of people kept anything. taking the wire and pushing it inside and taking it out to do the wire yeah. it would have been fine most likely if people would just leave that alone yeah but, but all the neighbors alas. oh it's the neighbors yeah all the yeah, neighbors kept going kids, in right? no we didn't even know we, we genuine so, we were so used to that that we didn't even realize there was no button we thought that, that that it came like that so we never like touched it or anything yeah but then all the neighbors saw the wire was sticking out and and all theirs houses had doorbells so they were like oh this must be the doorbell part ding dong yeah ding but dong. the ding dong part had broken a long time ago and so and um and so I guess somebody was playing outside or somebody came in, maybe a delivery person pushed that wire in accidentally and it crimped. So the electric current was engaged, but the bell wasn't ringing. And it like it, that just that bell rings by pushing electric current through it. And it like pushes against something, I guess, because the electric current and that little motor burnt out because it is not designed to just be engaged. And so like it was the middle of the night. And your yeah. mom and I figured out that the thing was melting inside of this doorbell thing. And we were like, I don't know anything about electrical wiring, Claire. Anything. And then like two days later, you and two days later. So like that night, you called an electrical person and they were like, sorry, you'll have to wait until tomorrow to cool. Yeah. Next day. Uh, we got we got someone saying that there would be an electrical person coming in today. Where is that stupid person? Oh, sorry. That's going to be coming tomorrow. We were lying because it was like in the middle of the night. Because it was like 2 a.m. in the morning and all the people were asleep. <laughs> so we're going to come. So it'll be there tomorrow. Bye. But that's like of all the stuff that's exaggerated in the money pit, like the challenge of getting people to come out to your house to fix stuff is for real. And, and it's what, like not even in a movie because like it's really hard, right? And but a like, lot of money. But when you don't, when you don't know how any of this stuff works, like I don't know how any of the electrical wiring works. Like he goes in that kitchen, right in the in the movie, and he flips the light switch on the kitchen, and it starts like this Mission Impossible fuse burning, where like the wire burns all throughout the kitchen and explodes Whee! the oven, and the turkey flies out or whatever. I remember that. He's like. <sighs> <laughs> and it lands in their water bucket um but it's like it's it's hard and i mean i think what like you've watched a bunch of like home renovation shows right yeah. um when people get more than they bargain for it's extremely stressful and then like one of the elevator list it shows they were trying to fix the oven and it turns out there was like an old piece of food in there Ooh. that someone had cooked but it was like because they were trying to use the oven the day before it didn't work so it was like that from the day before and then they were tr and then they opened the oven and it turns out the oven had like something wrong with it so mm -hmm. that when new air came in all the air pressure would just like Oh, man. So, like, threw whatever food was there <laughs> in their faces. And it turns out it was, like, macaroni and cheese or something. And it was just, like, oozing down their face. And then what, And then the realtor and then the um, 
and then the girl who was trying to fix the who was trying to fix the house to make him love it uh-huh. love it again, she pushed it back from her face and said, "This is disgusting." And yeah. said, "Well, she didn't say that, but I'm guessing that she would be thinking about that in her head. But she, what she actually said was, "This is gonna be a lot of work." But that's like that's the scary part like... about owning a home, is that like you have all this stuff that needs to get done, and it's like where does the money come to do it, and how do you figure it out, and how do you solve problems to which you don't even understand what's going on, like. How do you solve an electrical wiring problem in your house like a doorbell when you don't understand how electricity works? Like I don't I don't have any special knowledge of that. I know that there's a circuit breaker over there that if I turn off the electrical power in the house, I will not die if I fiddle with that electrical wiring. That is the only knowledge I have for electrical wiring, how not to die while doing something with it. It's scary. It's scary. Like, what did you think of their whole um, idea of, like, trying to build up that house? Did you think that that was a good idea? Do you think that they did it wrong? Should they have done something better or different? What did you think about that? I kind of feel like, because when you saw it, it was like the outside was almost pretty much done. Mm -hmm. And then, and then two days later, how? What? You guys said that you would be done today. And it's like... Square what? When yeah. yes, when like two days before, it was like, oh yeah, like one more square will be finished, and then we can move on inside. Um... <laughs> Claire's looking disinterestedly at her fingernails. <laughs> two days later, you guys said you would be done now. Um, sorry, we're waiting for our check. Do you think that they should have bought the house? Um, honestly, if I were them, I wouldn't have listened to her and went mm-hmm. in the bathroom and tried to go to the bathroom. Right. And then I would be like, you did not tell me about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's an important thing to figure out. Like, if the house that you're getting is actually the house that you think that you're getting, right? Like, no matter what anybody tells you, if you don't have time to verify okay. it. So she said that there was like legs in the plumbing part. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's what happened. I thought that it was like I thought that it, I think a lot of times people use the expression "there's legs in this pipe." It normally means there's like a lot of mold or something or like something disgusting inside mm-hmm. it. So I think that's what she was talking about. She was like saying, "This thing is disgusting. Go in and see for yourself." And he's like, "You're over exaggerating, honey." Yeah. Go he's... look inside. <laughs> What did you think of the fact that, like, every time something bad happened, Tom Hanks tried to talk down the seriousness of it to Shelley Long? Like, she was like, this is terrible. This plumbing is disgusting. And I wanted to take a bath. And it, sh- it like, shot out goo, like, leggy, disgusting goo at me instead. And that's a huge problem, isn't it? And he was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll get a plumber tomorrow. Do you think that that's a good approach to a relationship, to have somebody tell somebody that the problems that they're worried about aren't real? No. How come? Because if you have a problem with your plumbing, uh-huh. you should probably inspect about that instead of saying, oh, it's fine, we'll be done tomorrow. Right. I mean, yeah, plumbing problems are definitely serious, and they, like, you have to 
like a water problem is a water problem and it's always immediate. But like, I think what I'm, what I really am, am curious what you think about is like, what did you think about how they interacted with each other to deal with all the problems that they were facing? Did they do a good job or a bad job? I'm not really sure, but um, I have something about what are their interactings. Um, I don't think it's that good because she was like, um, okay, I guess I trust you. I was like, I would be like, well, you got to go look at it that. I'm telling you, something is wrong with that plumbing, and if you don't go look, we're done, son. <laughs> um, what do you think that says about their relationship? I think it's saying, like, she trusts him too well. You think she like, trusts him too well? I think she trusts him, like, way, way too well. Because, like, she's saying, well, I guess I believe in you four months later. Yes, it's finally done. But you said it would be done tomorrow. But you said it would be done three, four and a half months ago. Mm-hmm. So you, Son. Do you think that their problem, do you think that that's a problem with each other? Or do you think that that's a problem where they both assume that fixing up the house would be easier than it was? I think it's a problem both communicating and fixing up the house when it's What do you mean by communicating? Because she's like saying, she's like saying, okay, I guess I trust you. And he's like, oh, good, you trust me because if you don't. Oh, we're going to have a problem. But that becomes a major issue for them, right? Yeah. Like, because they're not communicating well, which which leads to a bad relation, which leads to like not getting getting a lot of fights in front of your kids because you're like both trying to figure out how to parent your kids. And then you go one way, the person goes the other and the kids are like, huh? Well, I don't know what you mean there because they didn't have kids in the movie. So what, can you explain like, what you're getting at? I'm saying like if you have bad communication, a uh-huh. lot of times something bad will happen. Like I watched a, like I watched a show called Motown Magic, okay. and in it they were trying to make a sh- they were trying to make a pie called honey called honey apple pie. Okay. And they each and they weren't like communicating with each other and doing jobs and everything, so they put too much of each thing, which mm-hmm. made the which made the pie taste too sour too sweet Mm -hmm. so like they didn't know what happened because they all did the same thing they did each one so there was too much honey too much too much sugar too much too too much salt Mm -hmm. so like i think what you're saying about communication is kind of interesting because you know in relationships when you love somebody very much you need to be able to communicate well yeah but it's because it's i think The importance of that, though, is because, like, I love your mom very much. And so a lot of times she and I will assume that that the the other other one is thinking the same thing, right? Like that we're on the same page, but we're not always on the same page. And if, like, I assume that we just think the same thing and I don't talk to her exactly about what I'm thinking. And then that causes a lot of fights about, like, well, you said you were going to do this. I never said I was going to do that. Yes, you did. Well, it can cause no, problems. I, I mean, it can cause fights, but it can cause problems or frustrations that don't need to be there because we don't communicate enough. And those failures, like simple things, can seem like a big deal because your assumption that the other person is thinking the same thing that you are is based on the fact that you love each other. And it weirdly puts this idea that like, well, wait a second. If we didn't assume how we were going to prepare this pie together the same way, 
maybe it means that we're not as in love as we thought we are. And all of a sudden, this thing about a pie becomes such a much bigger issue. And that's kind of what happens with them in the money pit, right? Is that they yeah. both assume that it would work out a certain way. And then they struggled with whether or not their relationship was strong. And that brings me back to the kid thing. Because if they both think that they did one, if they both do the same thing, or they both don't do the same thing, mm-hmm. um, it can cause a major problem with trying to raise kids. Sure. Because then they'll be like, um, you never said that to me. And then she's like, and then the mom is like, no, the father did. And then she's like, um, no one said this to me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about this. And then she's like, oh. <laughs> so communication is important. And then in another movie that I watched, um, they both assumed they did it. The other assumed that the other did it. So like it was a big fight about, so it was a big fight about going to a, about going to buy, um, the permit to fix up. So it was like, so it's a show about, um, something, I can't remember, but they had to get a permit to do something Mm -hmm. and they both forgot to do it. They both thought that the other would do it and then they were like, but you were going to do it. No, you, no, I thought you were going to do it. I thought you were going to do that. So they both thought that the other, so they both thought that the other would do it for them so that they could do the other thing. Then they both had something, then they both had something that they thought that the other would do instead right. of talking it over with each other before they did it. So like, I think it was like the permit to like search, like they were like detectives or something and they were trying to get the permit to search someone's house or something. And, um, well, but there's a thing like this at the beginning of the money pit right so they're in um the maestro's house Mm -hmm. Shelley long and and tom hanks are living in the maestro's house and they both knew that the maestro was going to come back and he shows up early and um shelly long starts freaking out and she's mad and says it's her fault and walter immediately says to her well hang on a second we both knew that he was going to come back within a year and neither of us did it And i thought that was a really good relationship moment because Walter didn't let her take the blame for something that both of them had the responsibility to fix. It shares that responsibility so that when they find a solution, he's not fixing her mistake. They're they're working to fix a problem that they share together, which I think is good for the relationship. Honestly, if someone's away, this is a good life lesson. Don't go in someone else's house if they're if so like for so in the so in the movie, yeah. Shelley Long was the ex husband to ex wife ex wife yeah. of Max, who's the one who's the maestro, whatever. Yeah. And she's like, Well, I'm his ex husband ex wife. Right. So um while we're away, I guess he wouldn't mind if I just borrowed a house. So that we could get some money and all that, so. But they don't borrow the house. Like, so that's a big thing about divorce, though, is like when you get divorced, you have to decide how to share, like, your mutual property, right? Yeah. And that I didn't really understand is like, what terms of divorce wind up with her living in the house for a year while the maestro is gone? I guess she didn't wind up with anything and he agreed to let her stay while he was out of the country. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But definitely if you're living in somebody's house in New York and they're coming back, you really got to be prepared to move somewhere else, don't you think? Yeah. Honestly, if you weren't even prepared to, if you knew that they were going to come back and you weren't prepared to do anything else, why were you there in the first place? Mm. It's kind of like, I think that they put themselves in a position where they had no time to find an answer to something. And even though that lady was a con artist, 
they really kind of set themselves up to be taken advantage of because they had no other choices. Um, and they put themselves in a tight spot. I Who do you, like... Mm, okay. And because they were so worried about getting a house, they didn't even realize, well, um, it doesn't look... Well, you said that you were going to in a hurry to get out of the house, so... And I don't see a lot of your personal things. I just see a lot of stuff. Yeah. So why would there be personal things in the bathroom if you said... So remember... When the they walked in. At the, yeah. at the house that they buy, yeah. The con artist said that she'd already packed up all her things and was ready to move or something. Oh, yeah, and she does, doesn't and then, she? And then she says, well, you can't go in there. All my personal stuff is in there. And then they right. don't even remember what she said. And she said that she was already packed to go. And if you're already packed to go, your personal stuff wouldn't still be in a bathroom. So they didn't right. put too much thought because they were so worried about getting a house that they didn't even realize that. Right. It's so funny to me that that's the part that you key in on, which is correct. Like, you're correct. That's absolutely a hole in her story. But to me, if I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're like, I'm like, wait, why are you moving? And they're like, oh, yeah, Israeli intelligence came to me and said my husband used to be Hitler's pool boy. I would be like, so, what now? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> No, here, there's something I want to talk about, though. So, at the end of the movie, um, after it comes out that um, she... Max says that Shelley Long slept with him, and she tells Walter that she slept with Max, right? But and, it turns out that she actually didn't. Right, turns out that she actually didn't. But they were having a big, dis, a big problem in their relationship because of that, which I think is pretty, pretty normal thing to have to deal with. You asked a question in the middle of it, and I said we should talk about that later, but I don't remember what the question was. Do you remember? I think I said, well, um, he said that he would be fine with it, so how come they're having this big problem about it? Right. Okay, so so Walter clues in that something funny happened while he was out of town, and he asked if, um, if Shelley Long cheated on him with her ex-husband, Max. And Shelley Long says, well, no, I didn't. And then she confesses in the middle of the night and he freaks out. Why do you think that he got very upset after he said he wouldn't get upset? What What do you think about that? Maybe because he, maybe because a lot of times when you go to sleep, a lot of times you forget what you said the day, like right before you did. <laughs> so maybe he forgot that he had said that and then uh -huh. he got so <clears throat> upset because one, she shouldn't have told it from square one instead of telling him in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You think she should have been honest straight away? Yeah, and also, honestly, she knew that he was a trickster. It's like this girl's back. Yeah, she yeah. she already knew that he was a trickster, and that's why she gave up on living with him yeah. and all that. Because he's so, selfish and has no values other than yeah, loving himself. Other so, than yeah. loving himself, and he lies and is a trickster a lot. So why does so why does she even believe him in the first place when he says that she slept when he says that she slept with him right. and she doesn't even remember him. Right. Because if she doesn't remember it, and then he and she knows he's a trickster. Honestly, I wouldn't believe if I was in her hmm. spot. I wouldn't believe mm -hmm. that she that I slept with him. I would mm -hmm. say, um, well, one, I d I don't remember that happening. Mm -hmm. Two, I know that you take advantage of things because you're a trickster. Mm -hmm. Three, um, <laughs> you're I, on a roll, and you got the three. I feel like you didn't have a three ready. Okay, let me try that again. So one. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not go back to that. But no, I think that you're like that's that's kind of an interesting point though. Like it really seems like the common problem amongst all of their problems. No, I remember three. Is that like Tom Hanks and Shelley Long 
don't think enough about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And also, I remember the three. And also, um, I know that because I know that you're a trickster and that you take advantage of a lot of things and I don't remember, mm-hmm. um, I can probably come to the conclusion that I probably slept in here or I slept in the living room. Mm-hmm. And then you either carried me in here if I was slept in the living room mm-hmm. or you got in bed to wake mm-hmm. me up and pretend like this happened. Because I know, because based on my inner knowledge, I know that this didn't happen. Mm. But don't, like, don't you think it's a huge mistake on Shelly Long's part to even go to Max's place in the first place? True, because honestly, if she's, if he thinks that the whole symphony did a good job, he should be inviting the whole symphony. Right. Like, she, I, I think that she's obviously emotionally upset because she's been living in a hovel, a dump, a garbage fire for four months, however long they've been there. And, like, the promise of a warm bath and a chef-prepared meal is, I think, too much to pass up for her. But going to her ex-husband's house and then drinking too much that she can't even remember what happened the night before does not seem like good choice-making whether or not she ultimately slept with Max. Like, she put herself in a position to be tricked again, which is kind of what happened in the first part of the movie, right? On the other hand, Max is kind of a, a dirtbag for tricking her into that, like... What a do you think that Max is actually tricking her? Do you think that they do you think that they slept together, or do you think that Max at the end of the movie tells her a lie that will make her feel better so that he can fix their relationship? Um, you know he's selfish, right? Yeah. So probably not. Yeah. I think he just wanted to make things right because if even if he wanted her to sleep to be his girlfriend or mm-hmm. wife again you wouldn't go around you wouldn't say um you wouldn't want her to think that it was all his fault mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i don't think he told a lot i think he wanted the relationship to be fixed so that if the relationship goes wrong mm-hmm. it's not all his fault maybe the only thing that max loves more than himself is the symphony and her leaving the symphony was too much for him to to handle so he had to fix it on the spot no matter what it cost him Hmm. interesting i don't think so i think he just wanted i think he just wanted her back mm-hmm. or maybe that too but i think he wanted her back and and he and if he wanted her back he wouldn't want the relationship to leave hit all his fault because yeah. if it left all his fault he wouldn't be able to let he wouldn't she wouldn't go off saying um okay i guess so because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was all his fault that the relationship ruined that the relationship would have ruined because he's the one in the first place who lied and said, or even if they did do that, right? he was the one who actually said, well, yeah, you did sleep with me, but um, that means your relationship, but in his head, that means his relationship is going to be over, so I'll get her back. He, 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 he. It's a pretty Later evil in the plan. Movie. Later in the movie. Shit. He's, she's not going to want to, she's not going to want to be my wife again if the, if the relationship ends because it's all my fault. So even if this did happen, I don't want it to end like that on my fault because then I won't get her. Right. Um, well, let's see. We've been talking for a while. Is there anything about the money pit that we haven't talked about that you think that we should? Um, all the special effects. What do you think about all that? What stands out to you? Um, 
I think what's pretty cool is the house that looks like the that looks like so you know those old time cellars yep. like in the 1800s where the cellars instead of being like a basement or something it's like two doors outside your house with a big mm-hmm. hole mm-hmm. like that and I remember one in the Benjamin Franklin Museum or something mm-hmm. the Monticello right uh those are separate things so, Monticello separate is Thomas Jefferson's home and the Benjamin Franklin Museum is in Philadelphia yeah yeah like that we went there in um anyways um like one of those doors right those so honestly i thought that it was pretty cool that they actually got the door to fall uh-huh. that the door so like you so laughed like, your butt off when yeah. he fixed the door and you you totally but you were like i oh, fixed the door you were so happy for him and then he shut it and it fell off the thing you almost fell out of the couch laughing so hard yeah because he was like so the door breaks because he's trying to do the door dog and then he finally <laughs> fixes it and then he's like yes he walks inside he's just the door shit <laughs> i forgot that this house was like Ugh. yeah all right what else should we talk about um well i kind of loved i kind of thought that it was pretty cool how he was trying to help him has do the house because he was doing like because he was you, helping you're saying him. she and he i don't know who you mean he um max okay he was saying he was telling the guy who was painting saying well i want this house to turn out well even if she's not gonna live in it i want it to turn out well so that they can actually sell oh, it oh man but when max so max comes over to tell walter that it was all a lie and try and save the relationship well no he doesn't ultimately tell walter it was a lie um he just tells walter he's making a huge mistake quitting on shelly long but when max walks out of the house there's a painter just stabbing his paintbrush at the wall to like spackle paint on or something i guess i don't really know uh but walter's like do paint smooth strokes up down paint Um, and also don't smoke but he's such a perfectionist that he can't handle walking out and seeing somebody do a crappy job that he has to correct them on the spot but like he's a jerk but he's also right. Like I was doing a horrible job painting. Take some pride in your work, man. Do a good job. But honestly, they kind of he kind of did help it. Yeah, help he did. the house. I so agree. he's. I don't think he's that selfish. I think he's just selfish about when it comes to like what he wants. Mm-hmm. He'll be selfish about it. But when it comes to someone else doing something that he thinks isn't gonna help his situation, mm-hmm. he's probably gonna be. He's probably gonna think about what's not gonna help the situation. So he's still kind of thinking about himself, but he's also kind of trying to help the situation. So. I think all he's doing, actually, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. I, I think I think that we should also wrap up the conversation. I think at the end of the day, for me, the money pit is an example of, for whatever reason, you're in the problems that you're in. You if need to think hard. You have to think about what's in front of you, and you have to tough it out, and you have to work your way through the challenges. And that can be true for relationships or home renovation. True. Like so, my thing with relationships, I'll just say this and is that like the idea that you fall in love with somebody and then relationships are perfect forever to me, I think is nonsense. I think a relationship that lasts is something that requires work and attention and communication every single day. Yeah. And, 
Um, well, I think that we should close this out because we're like 35 minutes in and then you still have to do your part. I do. So let's close this out. And guys, you'll see me next week in Small Soldiers. That's right. Which is, which is, which is Operation Dante Dive. Yes, my hashtag. I love it. Um, so yeah, so I think um, Small Soldiers next week will wrap up uh, Operation Dante Dive for now. There'll be more Joe Dante yeah. movies later and, on. And um, we might... We're gonna wrap it up some time. We're gonna wrap wrap up oper- hashtag Operation Hanksify a little later, like June or July. Yeah. But it won't be the last of the Tom Hanks or Don. It won't be the last of Hanksify or Dante Dive. I agree. You'll see more of it, but it might just not be this year. Okay. It might. You might see more of it, like maybe like after August, but probably not before. Yeah. Because we've already have a schedule. Yep. Claire and I have taken the step. Uh, instead of sort of um, casually going from movie to movie, uh, we're gonna start at the. We've end got of every, a schedule planned out. At the end of my part, yep. at, when I leave, I'll be saying when what what I'll be next with, yep. and instead of like surprising you every week, because yep. honestly, sometimes we're surprised ourselves. Yeah, because honestly, sometimes on Sunday when we record, it's like, hey, what what should we watch? Oh, let's watch this. Let's watch this. No, let's watch this. <laughs> okay, I guess we can watch that. So uh, we'll be a lot better, I think, going forward about having an idea for what you guys will be able to listen to next week. Uh, anything else that you want to say? Um, I just wanted to say that um, because like June or something is coming up where it's mom's birthday. May. We, May, Mom's yeah. birthday's in May. May. So um, you'll be expecting, so you're going to meet our mom, you're going to meet my mom and um, my dad's, my dad, my mom, you're going to meet my mom and my dad's husband wife my dad's wife you got real issues with husband and wife are you sure you know what those words mean (laughs) i know what they mean it's just i keep getting confused so you're gonna meet my dad's (laughs) wife in may for her birthday and the episode will be coming out on her birthday that's true or maybe the day before i don't know i think it's going to be coming out on her birthday so it won't be the last of operation hanksify but it will be a tom hanks movie so stay tuned for that yeah it's going to be a good one all right Throw it to me on the other side, Claire. Okay. See you later. I'll see you in I'll see you in Small Soldiers. Bye. Honey, you're on my fingers. Oh. And that's The Money Pit with Claire. Um, I had a lot of fun watching this movie with her. I think that it's um, one of those movies that like the physical comedy and the silliness of the gags are enjoyable, whether or not you totally understand all of the relationship dynamics and challenges that they're going on. Um, It's just fun. It's flat fun. It's got good comedy in it. It's got good silly effects. Tom Hanks doing a bunch of pratfalls is always going to be a winner. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting to look at some of this stuff too. Like even the process that they go through buying a house is fundamentally different than the way things are now. Um, you know, right now, like I said before, it's, you know, it's no secret. We're, we're thinking about finding a new place to live. And, you know, for us, we can just go on to, um, any of the online, um, repositories of all of the current sales and I can select an area, 
of the United States and just draw my own little rectangle and say, tell me all the houses that have these requirements and I can get as specific as I want. Uh, you know, price range, bedrooms, baths, features, all that stuff. And it will just immediately give me a list of everything that's currently for sale within that area. Um, you know, when the money pit came out, that's just not how it worked. And the, the realtor, like going through the listings and the lookbooks and finding all of these things and, and giving them the choices is such an enormous um, time consumption um, that you really couldn't find a place, uh, I think, without somebody, unless you knew of something that was already for sale and, and you had seen it for yourself and inquired, you know, who was who was listing it and who was responsible for selling it. Um, you know, so things like that, I think, are a little bit hard to relate. Um, but then I also have a, a bit of a hard time sometimes too when it comes to explaining like the complex relational dynamics uh, to Claire. I, I think you know at, at nine, you know she's going to be ten soon, but ten years old, there's just some stuff that doesn't make sense. And I, I think a great example of that was um, you know Walter saying that he would not be mad if Shelley Long slept with him. He just really wanted her uh, to tell him the truth. Uh, and then when she does tell him the truth as she knows it, uh, he gets very upset and he loses his mind. You know, how do you explain that to a 10 year old? Because I, I think at nine or 10, it, the inclination is to take people very much at their word in terms of what they say. Um, and I think, you know, part of the long term scope of this project where Claire and I talk and sort of figure out what's going on in movies is to kind of give her some of those tools to dissect motivations of people that you wouldn't necessarily see at the surface level. And uh, I don't really falter for, you know, kind of not really getting that. I think it's just a great example of places where uh, sort of the understanding for kids in terms of what they're watching or what they're seeing becomes very difficult to see the fullness of. And I think that that's partly, uh, you know, number one, why it's so essential to have conversations with them about, you know, what they thought and what they're thinking when they see something. Because they're not, I mean, they're totally different people. I've, I've said that before on the podcast, you know, kids are their own people and they have their own personalities and their own thoughts and their own interests. And we should be better about giving them credit for having that fullness of character behind them. Um, but I think it will also surprise you sometimes the way that kids interpret the surface level details. And that's where there's room to be confusion and where there's room for them to kind of make assumptions that are not totally correct, where just having a conversation that sort of shares some of the answers with them about those under the surface motivations um, can maybe help them be a little bit better at identifying where they're kind of not being totally accurate or, you know, understanding what's going on. But I also don't want to be to Claire like, hey, Claire, you're totally wrong. You don't get what's going on. Um, so as a parent, it's kind of a very tricky uh, line to navigate where you want to encourage them to see that there's a bigger picture out there that maybe they're not seeing um, and appreciate that they're just not going to fully immediately grasp that bigger picture. Nobody does. I mean, shit, I'm 36 and I definitely still don't grasp that bigger picture. So, you know, that's a lifelong project. Um, I think the idea is to teach them that it's important to question the things going on around them um, and interrogate them a little bit. Why is this happening? And I think that's what's really great about the money pit is that I, you know, I, I wasn't kind of being silly or anything like that. I, I think a major part of that movie is the importance of really thinking about what's in front of you, what are you seeing, 
what's happening and what does it mean for your future? And it's hard. It's hard to answer those questions. Um, you know, we're talking about moving and, you know, Danielle and I are trying to answer a number of those questions. Why are we moving? You know, what are we trying to accomplish with our move? What are the, the major goals that we need to achieve? What are the major needs that we have for our family? How long are we going to be at this new place? What kind of things do we anticipate needing in the near term or in the midterm? Um, you know, so we have to get all these answers in place so that we understand what our needs are, what our feelings are, and uh, how that's going to help us make a good decision that will set us up for the next five years or 10 years of our life. Um, and, you know, that's something that really takes a lot of time, I think, to, to practice and get right. And I certainly don't pretend to have gotten it right just yet. Um, but that's all based in who, what, when, where, why, how. And how do we answer those questions about everything that we do in our regular lives? And so I think that's just part of what I wanted Claire to take away from this movie. Um, but otherwise, that's all I really have to say about it. It was a lot of fun. She had a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm not 100% sure that she gets what the sleeping with somebody thing means. Um, I think she does, but I don't really know. And it, it's really not material uh, whether or not she totally gets that for understanding the rest of the movie, I don't think. Um, but she had fun with it. She laughed. I wasn't kidding, man. She laughed. She almost fell out of the couch a couple of times laughing so hard. She loved it. Uh, so I think it's a great one uh, to share with the fam. Uh, and there's not really that much that's uh, too hard to believe. It, it is out there and it's very silly, but it's, it's the kind of silly I think that everybody can engage with. Um, and so as we said at the closeout of the last episode, Claire and I, uh, we've got a schedule now of movies uh, that I'm not going to share with you, but a tentative schedule laid out of selections uh, through the end of July. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into a lot of fun movies. I think the hardest thing that I was having a problem with with this is that, you know, there are 100 movies right now that I just want to show to Claire and have that be this podcast. Um, but she's nine and we can't binge watch 100 movies in the next 30 days uh, and do 100 episodes of podcasts. And even if we could, nobody would want to listen to that volume of content in the next 30 days either. Um and so I felt like we were just kind of like a, a leaf on a wind, you know, man, just going from one thing to the next thing with no real kind of design or thematics in mind for what we're doing. Uh, so having a schedule, I hope, will make that a little bit easier. Uh, it will also make it a little bit easier for me to communicate with you all about what we're going to be watching next and uh, maybe share some details about the movies in advance uh, that we're thinking about. So uh, coming up next week is going to be Joe Dante's Small Soldiers. Uh, which will close out for now Operation Dante Dive. Uh, and then I think that after July, probably we'll go back and revisit a couple of, of his. I've got some movies scheduled for July, some summer blockbusters that I think Claire's going to really enjoy. And I think one that will tie nicely with that that we might try and get to, uh, the next Dante one that we might get to is maybe Piranha, um, I think would be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. Uh, that'll do it for us in this particular episode. Uh, if you have not already followed us on Twitter, you can follow Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures at uh, B-A-C-E-A podcast on Twitter. You can follow me on all the social medias at WB Das. 
Um, and if you haven't subscribed to our iTunes feed yet, I sure would appreciate it if you would and drop us a five-star review. Uh, it's exactly the kind of help that only listeners like you can provide. Uh, and it is absolutely essential as we look to grow our audience and bring new people in uh, for those reviews to come in steady. It helps make our podcast more visible to other people searching uh, for topics like this. Uh, and then always, you know, don't hesitate to share this. You know, if you got friends uh, with kids, who are interested in this kind of topic. Uh, I don't think that there are too many people out there uh, talking about sharing movies with their kids in this particular way. Um, I sure don't know what the rules are of sharing movies with kids, and I think other parents might be interested in it too. So don't hesitate to pass this along uh, to your friends if you think it's something that they might enjoy. Uh, as always, Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures is an In the Mouth of Darkness production. Uh, you can follow that podcast at itmodcast, that's I-T-M-O-D-Cast, on Twitter. Uh, you can find them at facebook.com slash itmodcast. Go like the page there. Uh, you can follow our feed there as well. Uh, and you can find the other dorks. Brad Gullickson, at MouthDork, on all social medias. Lisa Gullickson, at WifeDork, on all social medias. You can find uh, Brian B. Young, at the Turtle Dork on Twitter. At the Turtle Dork one on Instagram. Uh, and at Brian B. Young on Facebook. And as always, you can find Darren, at the Disco Dork Smith, on all social medias. Thanks so much. And until next time. Ha 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 